0: Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 181st ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revlet Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing this morning, Kyle?
1: I'm doing great, Cameron. So far, so far so good. How about you?
0: Yeah, what, you've only been up for about 30 minutes, so uh, what, maybe what could like, go wrong?
1: Maybe 45. Mm
0: uh yeah so far so good got, got got me some coffee stopped at the gas station for some coffee and a donut how is it it's pretty good and not bad at all you want to give a shout out to the
1: gas station or anything or?
0: casey's pizza <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place casey's pizza. <laughs> casey's pizza gas station nice um it's what anything else you
1: guys are going on a trip tomorrow oh
0: yeah we got a little housekeeping up front uh the days of the recording are a little bit messed up because, yeah, we're going on vacation. Cameron and I are going on the same vacation almost. He's going a little bit longer vacation than I am, but we're going out to California to visit some friends out there. Kyle's, oh, yeah. Kyle is going on his own vacation. Just <laughs> by myself. Separate yep. vacations this year. <laughs> said, yep. Don't want to go with you guys. Yep. Going my own way. The other direction.
1: It's kind of weird where you both are leaving tomorrow for vacation for completely different parts of the country. Wow.
0: Where are you going? I forgot. Florida. Wow. Yeah. Last year we went on group vacation. Yes, Mm -hmm. we did. Not this year. We decided, nope, can't do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Had
1: enough of you guys. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Anyway, next week, uh, we're recording just a little bit early this week in the morning instead of the evening. And next week we'll probably be recording on Friday night instead of Thursday night to accommodate everybody's travels. So that's that. Um... We've got a little bit of news, then we're going to talk basketball, of course, but before we do that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you use to listen to us, and if you want to support the podcast directly, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash missourisportspod. Okay, Kyle, for news, I thought we should maybe recap the situation with uh, Marquise Robinson, the transfer defensive tackle from Auburn. Um, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster with him and it's still a little bit of a mystery as far as how this is gonna end.
1: Yeah, a little background info on Marquise Robinson. Um, like you said, defensive tackle from transferring from Auburn. He was a I believe true freshman this past year, played a little bit, um, really played uh I mean pretty impressive what he was able to do as a freshman, um at, you know, an SEC school like that. Uh so but he transfers, um, and, you know, Missouri's in the mix. Tennessee, uh, maybe a couple of other, like, SEC caliber schools are in the mix because it's pretty good talent. Uh, he was quoted in an interview. I shouldn't say qu- the word quote because I don't know what the exact quote was. But he has I at he,
0: least paraphrased.
1: He participated in an interview <laughs> kind of talking about some of the schools that he w- had been talking to. Uh, made kind of a weird, strange, indirectly negative comment about Missouri and, like, maybe that their facilities were... A little inferior to some other schools that he um, was visiting made a pretty pro Tennessee statement and um, their facilities and that kind of stuff so kind of just was like all right I'm gonna write this one off but yeah. then later uh, we saw he was listed in the student directory at Missouri um, and that's not for sure that doesn't mean he's a student for sure but I think it most likely means that he probably will be um, he's not enrolled yet or anything well then he was enrolled <laughs> a little bit later after that so it's pretty much official uh, he is going to be taking classes at Missouri. It seemed like, um, you know, nothing had been a f- announced or anything like that, but seemed like this is pretty official and it's about to be announced. Well, that was probably like a week ago that we knew he was enrolled in classes, uh, but we have not heard an announcement. I don't think he's on campus. They haven't heard from him. He's MIA. So this is a really strange situation. It doesn't sound like he's showed up anywhere. So I don't know, you know, sounds like maybe a little bit difficult personality potentially (laughs) a little interesting situation uh i don't know why he would have been transferring from auburn whenever he was seeing the field as a freshman i don't know if there was some stuff going on behind the scenes um so it sounds like a uh, an interesting case
0: yeah i mean i feel like i don't know i'm thinking like well maybe he's doing online classes or something but you know that i think i mean we would it wouldn't be like he's nowhere to be found it'd be like oh he's not on campus, but he's doing online classes. I think right. Yeah, there's still been enough like amateur sleuthing going on that we would <laughs> know that much. I
1: think. Yeah, I think you had would have some communication with him <laughs> at the very least.
0: Exactly. So
1: yeah, sounds like uh you know he he didn't really love Missouri in the recruiting process, but he kind of ended up there anyway.
0: In a way, and maybe so he's still desperately trying to find anywhere else to go. Sounds like that could be the case. Uh, well, that'll be worth monitoring. So we'll keep an eye on that and see there's any developments, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to have him on the football team if he's uh, if he's bought in enough, but uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, last week, we talked about Blake Baker um, potentially, probably taking over the defensive coordinator role from Steve Wilkes. Um, that has been made official, and so we really went into that in a lot of detail last week, detailed his background, his coaching experience, and that kind of stuff, so feel free to just Check out last week's episode if you missed it and want to know more about Mr. Baker. Uh, But he, it's official now, he'll be the defensive coordinator. And replacing him as secondary's coach is Al Pogue, who uh, most recently had the same role at Troy and before that was an assistant. I believe he coached outside linebackers at West Virginia and he was like a, a defensive support. He had a defensive support role for Auburn, um, which is where he would have been familiar with uh, Coach Drinkwitz through the, um, through the coaching carousel uh, situation there. So, um, yeah, um, looks like a good hire, got some good experience, experience in power five. And um, when you're promoting from within, uh, keeping that continuity, it sounds like from all accounts we're going to be running the same defensive scheme as last year. Uh so I'm pretty optimistic with the way that that whole thing turned out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you you nailed it. Any other news before we move on to basketball?
1: I think that's a pretty pretty quiet week. Recruiting's yeah. pretty dead this time of year, so right.
0: but we'll we'll get it ramped up here probably in the next few months. Yep. And uh yeah, spring practice is right right around the corner. This is usually the slowest time of year for news and stuff for football anyway. Um so Basketball team played a couple games. They beat Ole Miss. They lost to Arkansas. Let's go back to that Ole Miss game. Uh, They won that one 74-68. I think uh, we exactly predicted a six-point win, so congratulations to us for that. And um, they looked really good. I mean, where is this offense most of the time? Uh, Javon Pickett with 14 points, five rebounds, three steals. Uh, Kobe Brown with 13 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. The team shot 55% from 2. Exactly 50%, uh, 7 of 14 from 3. Not as great at the free throw line, only 69%. Uh, They out-rebounded Ole Miss 32 to 27. And as a team, Missouri had 15 assists and 8 steals. So they just played an all-around solid game. Mm -hmm. I think they... They kind of tried to let Ole Miss back in it late, um, and they because Missouri was up by twenty, yeah, at one point in the second half, and they kind of Ole Miss mounted a little bit of a comeback, but Missouri was able to kind of coast to the finish line as they like to do. They don't (laughs) they don't necessarily like to uh, pour it on and like completely shut the door on a comeback. So yeah, Ole um, Miss Ole Miss was able to make it close.
1: Yeah, six point win was pretty actually disappointing when considering how the rest of the game went and we were watching this together and I think you made a comment like, well, this is why they don't get any kin Palm like boosts or anything is because they never win handily. They always let teams back in it. And the margin of victory looks, you know, a lot slimmer than it really felt like it was during the game when, when they play well sometimes. But I don't know. It it felt like they really kind of just dominated the game. Like pace wise, they just kind of, uh, were able to dictate the style of the game, how they wanted to play it, and uh, it just honestly looked a lot better
0: than Ole Miss did for n- 90% of the game. Yeah, Ole Miss uh, couldn't really get anything going from uh, three-point range. They were four of 18. They were they were solid in the post. Um, they shot 64% from two. Um, so they definitely found what worked for them and it was you know it's like we see in especially Missouri wins or or games where there's a good flow and Missouri's competitive we end up seeing a stretch consistently every single game where the teams are just going back and forth scoring Mm -hmm. and it's like I don't know I can't really explain it because Missouri's defense will look good for stretches and then they'll just be you know 10 possessions where the teams just go back and forth scoring. Yeah. It's like, okay, we could go on a run here if you could clamp down on defense and produce a little bit on offense. Yeah. But it's, it's like, like all or nothing right. always.
1: Yeah. It's like both teams just decide, like together, all right, we're going to have an o- offensive explosion here for yeah. the next like five minutes of gameplay. And it usually seems like it's towards the end of the second half. Yes.
0: Yeah. I don't know if uh, guys are out there just getting tired or what, but. <laughs> And um, this has been a trend all season long of Missouri on offense making things look difficult. And even when they get points, it's like Missouri is really having to pass the ball efficiently, find the open man, make the extra pass. It's a lot of times coming down to a, you know really good assist from Kobe Brown or something that, you know puts the finishing touch on a drive that or on a possession that ends in a basket and then they'll come down the floor and let the opposing point guard make no passes just drive to the basket for a layup and so I don't know that's just so unsustainable when Missouri's coming down on offense and having to work so hard and set good screens and make good passes and make good cuts Mm -hmm. and finish it's very rare that this Missouri team is able to do that yeah and then they come down the floor and just give up an easy two it's like oh my gosh
1: i've probably said this a couple times the last few weeks but it sometimes is honestly kind of impressive what they're able to do literally without a point guard and they're just kind of a bunch of wings passing the ball around to each other and um kobe makes a lot of it possible but you know and caleb brown has has been a little bit better you know he's a serviceable distributor at times Mm -hmm. you know he's um you know I don't know that he has a super high ceiling for, you know, like Kobe does. I don't think he'll ever be that kind of player necessarily. But, you know, he's kind of filled um, that point guard role at times, and I think he's he's done all right.
0: Yeah, he's kind of fluctuated around that 15-minute per game area, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. Um, yeah, I think he has impressed me this season, um, regardless of how he performs down the stretch of this regular season. I think he's definitely shown that he's capable of being a contributor down the, down the road mm-hmm. uh, on a much better team than this. Yeah, I mean,
1: Kobe Kobe still has another year of eligibility. I re- would really hope that you know he sticks around for another year, depending no no matter what happens with the coaching staff and Caleb being here entrenched in the program a little bit too. I hope that kind of just helps kobe stay home too or stay home like he yeah. lives you know, like, you know i guess i'm saying home like his new home but right right i hope kobe stays here and caleb too um you know i think they're a nice little duo and and i would love to have kobe for another year
0: yeah and hopefully i don't know as much continuity honestly as as lackluster as disappointing as this current squad might be um no matter what happens with the coaching staff as much continuity as possible from this year to next year is probably a good thing, um, even though some people might be thinking like a, a total roster overhaul might be a good idea. I don't know. That's let's my I guess best case scenario is you keep this core together mm-hmm. and then inject a little bit of talent okay. where we're lacking, and then we got a pretty decent team next For year.
1: For sure. I mean, uh, and whenever you have a, a new coach, it's not realistic to expect like an Iowa State like. Uh, you know, resurrection like they've had this year. Like it, it, it's gonna take a couple of years to probably rebuild the roster uh, to what the new coach wants it to be. But um, I fully agree that you know, there's a ni- we've got a nice core of players. Um, we need a point guard, and we need some more. Ath- uh, we probably need some athleticism, that kind of stuff. But um, these guys can kind of help build the bridge to what the new roster will be. You know, two three seasons from now.
0: Yeah, and we've mentioned before having Brazil come into his own and show that he's you know way uh further ahead in his development than we had any uh, any reason thinking whenever he like just gets the green light
1: in his head like he's just gonna make a play it's just man he's just so good but there was like there's a lot of times where he's thinking like all right i've already missed a couple threes i'm not gonna take another one like he looks a little timid out there but once he gets that kind of dominant uh i don't know just like i'm gonna take over this game like i think he is absolutely capable of doing that
0: yeah uh he I think rightfully so he doesn't necessarily need to have a complete green light from three at this point but it is kind of annoying seeing him be wide open and be like uh I just shot a three I'm and I'm not gonna do it this yeah. time it's like well if it's in rhythm and you're yeah. wide open you've got a better as good a shot as anybody else out here to make yeah. it I guess I want him
1: to just start. <clears throat> almost like overshooting just like start yeah. building your confidence start like start telling yourself i'm gonna be the man going forward
0: <laughs> but there was a play in the arkansas game where he kind of drove from the elbow he was like all the way out yeah. to the three-point line yeah. and just kind of cradled the ball and and got it up for it's a, like
1: takes him like two steps a little bit it. of
0: a hook shot layup thing that looked so good i mean it looked difficult but he made it look good and it, it scored the basket and i was just really impressed going all the way from the three-point line. We don't have that many players that can get from the three-point line to the basket without turning the ball over. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I was looking back at this Ole Miss box score. Um, I think we just kind of got a little bit lucky in this one that Ole Miss was so cold from three. Um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous about uh, Joiner coming
1: back because I think he has been injured, and I don't yeah. know if he played against us the first time we played a few weeks ago. And he was coming off like a 33-point performance or something like that you know, in recent games. Um,
0: so I was a little bit nervous yeah, about Alabama.
1: about him injecting some some scoring and some shooting that they maybe didn't have the first time around. But Yeah, you're right. Quiet. He did not
0: play in the first matchup.
1: He's pretty quiet this game, I f-
0: feel like. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Javon Pickett because – He uh, was out a couple games, and it was kind of easy to forget about him a little bit, honestly, Uh, watching the team play without him. Uh, Let me see which games he was not available for. So he was only out – he played six minutes against Iowa State and then was out the Florida game and the Texas A&M game. And then uh, since then, he has scored 15 points, 14 points, and 13 points. And I think being without him kind of made me realize – you know, he puts together three double digit, double digit scoring efforts. Like, wow, well, this guy, he's a senior on this team and it really looks like he knows he doesn't have very many games left in his college career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he knows that, uh, coach Conzo Martin doesn't really let, uh, guys come back just to play more basketball. So right. I think he knows he is, his time is limited in Columbia and he's going to try to make the most of it. But now now that I'm looking at his box scores before he was injured, he had a streak of six games in a row scoring in double figures. Mm-hmm. So he's been pretty solid scoring the ball, if not uh, a bit inefficient.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. Uh, you know what mentality and confidence and those kind of things can like your mindset can do to your like physical performance in like a sporting event or something like that. You know. Javon Pickett has never really been the guy um, especially in his younger years you know he was uh, he made an impact and he played early on but he's never been the guy or the go-to player that we're relying on and I really think that can be in like any level of sports anywhere even like high school you know just you as a freshman or sophomore you kind of probably feel a little timid about taking too many shots kind of like Javon Brazil right now he knows he's talented but you know he doesn't want to uh, you know lose a game by being you know overactive or something like that but I feel like as you get older and just something about knowing like this is my team now I'm older I'm the elder statesman of the of the group that confidence I don't know just makes you play better and we see that time and time again in college athletics and I feel like that is Jayon Pickett right now he just he knows he's like you said this is his last year he's been around longer than anybody else yeah and he's playing like he's got that mentality
0: yeah he's demanding the ball you can see him like clapping for it yeah. like um if he could just shoot a little bit better from three yeah then uh he'd be dynamite right now but
1: yeah i mean we've talked about him a lot in the past like you know he's fairly limited athletically and but does i mean he's fairly efficient seems like you know he, he can get in the post and make some some moves and he can shoot all right and he looks pretty smooth um at times and so, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of probably at a ceiling of what he w- could be, but, you know, I think he's, he's been a pretty imp- impactful piece this year.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, I'm just going to transition this into the Arkansas game. Officially, uh, Missouri lost 76-57, to exactly like we predicted, a nine-point loss, oh, except 19, actually. Um, Arkansas jumped out to a 19-4 to lead and the game was over at that point. Just, you could turn it off, you could go to bed. I think I pretty much did. You do whatever. Play some you, games. Play video games, whatever, <laughs> turn on the movie, whatever you gotta do uh, to take your mind off of it, that was totally acceptable. Um, this, uh, this game, like everything, looked very difficult for Missouri's offense. Just unable to get open looks, and then even when they were open, they couldn't get shots to fall. Um, Pickett scored 13, but...
1: Mostly in the first half.
0: Yeah, and he had to take 12 shots from the field to get to 13 points. So
1: Yeah, I, this was like the opposite of the Ole Miss game as far as like dictating the style of how the game was played. I feel like we got really spun up trying to keep pace with Arkansas. It was like demoralizing because right from the get-go, they were just making everything. They were make, draining threes, like they they're so much like the anti-missouri in the way that they just <clears throat> pull up from anywhere and it just goes in anyway you know they don't have to like have a beautiful pass and like for wide open shot to make a three like missouri does i feel like most of the time you know they're super athletic and i don't know
0: they're yeah just, they're m- making shots with hands in their face and yeah. step backs and Yeah, and yeah. i feel like missouri's spirit was broken pretty quickly in this game yeah um one interesting thing looking at the box score uh Arkansas only had – so they played five players 33 minutes or more. So they had one play 33, two at 35 minutes, and two at 37 minutes. And those five players, the five starters, were the only players that scored a point for Arkansas. Wow. So they really uh, shortened the bench. and
1: Ride their best players. Yeah.
0: Um, And Missouri has actually kind of been – forced to do that more than uh, they would have typically with uh, um, Anton Brookshire, uh, Jordan Wilmore, and Yaya Keita sidelined.
1: Jordan Wilmore leaving for the
0: NBA? Yes. I think all three of them. Um, I heard that they're going to transfer to Duke as a package deal. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, Hope Keita is okay. Uh, he like, you know, tweaked his knee a little bit um, and know he's had knee uh issues in the past so hopefully he's fine but honestly we talked about this before the Ole Miss game when we were watching it uh this is only going to benefit Missouri to not have those guys available like there's no need to sprinkle in Brookshire and Keita for six to nine minutes as the eighth and ninth guys off the bench no there's that's just no no
1: reason yeah Unless you're just really trying to give the young guys playing time for the sake of future continuity or something but roster, then it, continuity. but then it should
0: be like 15 to 20 minutes okay. if you really want to do that. Right. Like. I yeah,
1: don't. I'm with you.
0: Um, yeah, this was Missouri's offense were just completely opposite in the Arkansas game from the Ole Miss game. They shot 40 percent from two, 29 uh, percent from three but they actually did okay at the free throw line. They didn't get there a ton, but they made 10 of their 12 attempts. Um, I don't know what else to say about the Arkansas game. Honestly, it was so ugly, and it's so demoralizing to, you know, when Arkansas is good in either football or basketball, and they just kind of roll over Missouri. It uh, It's not very fun.
1: Yeah, they've gotten the best of us in both sports recently here. Uh, I'm going to try and talk about uh, this graph that's, like, obviously you won't be able to see it, but uh, this is from... We might be able to stick it on
0: the screen. This Mm -hmm. is from
1: Alex Brem on Twitter, at AJBrem24 on Twitter. Uh, He made a graph that basically shows all of the SEC teams and SEC play and kind of reflecting um, the advantages or disadvantages they've gotten from foul calls, like at home and away. And uh, pretty much exactly like if you've watched Missouri basketball at all this year, pretty much exactly uh, what we would have expected. Missouri is as far to the right top right as you can possibly get. Basically, basically meaning, you know, they are at a complete foul disadvantage at home and on the road Um, that came out. What what is today? Thursday? Yeah, that came out Tuesday (laughs) uh, morning, like before this Arkansas game was played. This is honestly, and Arkansas, by the way, was the complete opposite. Like, as far as you can go advantage cool. at home in a way. Yeah. And uh, actually, though, what was crazy was in this game, it actually felt like Missouri was getting better foul. It actually felt like the referees were calling this game favorably for Missouri, mm-hmm. and I haven't felt that way in an SEC game maybe all year. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a that's probably just a complete coincidence. But Well,
0: what was really funny about that graph is the – creator of it accidentally posted it with the labels wrong. Yeah. And so the original post showed Arkansas at a disadvantage with foul calls on the road and at home. And Arkansas fans in the replies were like, oh, of course. Yes. (laughs) And it's like anybody else delusional. Yeah. Anybody else looking at that graph like you sent it to the two of us. Yeah. And I immediately was like I all I, I you screenshotted it so I couldn't like click on the link to the tweet, but I immediately just looked up the guy's Twitter handle because of like this, this doesn't are, make any sense. Yeah, I gotta I, see what's going on well, here. Well, I
1: think you, you didn't even mention the fact that Missouri was then of course yeah, yeah, yeah. the most favorable right. for for foul calls at home and away. And I was like, and this we knew is, that was not true. I like this is a blatant lie. This yes. data's wrong. I'm sorry. Like normally I'm pretty understandable, like I'll try and see your side of the argument, but this yeah. is flat out wrong and I would so wrong that I wouldn't be surprised if he literally just like got confused and messed something up yeah. and, and like maybe mislabeled it or something. Cause I actually think this is perfectly opposite of what it's supposed to be. <laughs> and then sure enough, a couple hours later, he, he put out the correct one yeah. and Missouri was of it's course. like, oops,
0: I literally just mislabeled the graph.
1: Yeah. Oops. I literally just made this completely opposite of what it's <laughs> supposed
0: to be. And then, and so the Arkansas fans, they were like, yeah, see, we are uh, getting bad calls. Yes. And it's like, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I legit thought it was a fan vote. <laughs> like at first
1: glance, I was like, "Wow, a bunch of Arkansas fans got a hold of this yeah. because this is, can't be right." Yeah,
0: yeah, it w- it would be more reasonable for it to be a a vote, <laughs> yeah. like a completely biased vote, than what it was. But, yeah. but yeah, he tweeted the the correct graph, and it made a lot more sense. And it is interesting to look at, mm-hmm. even though I don't quite understand the, yeah, some, some of the, the lines on there. But yeah, some of the axes. He are had, he had to get creative to fit all the teams in. A visually compelling graph I guess
1: and uh, he had to actually extend the graph to the right even a little bit farther like you can tell the right side of the graph is disproportional to the left and it's bigger because he had to fit Missouri in there they're so far so far in a disadvantage yeah
0: oh that's yeah I'm glad you brought that up that's pretty wild so now after Beating Ole Miss, uh, Missouri actually improved to 128 in Kempom, but then they got blown out by Arkansas, and that dropped us back down to 140. <laughs> um, so Missouri is now 10-15 and 15 on the season, 4-8 uh, and eight in the SEC, 140 in Kempom, 135 on offense, 159 on defense. Yikes. Uh, yeah. That is just so not what I
1: thought this team was going to be. No. I knew we'd struggle offensively, but I never dreamed we would be this bad defensively.
0: Yeah, honestly, like looking at these numbers right now, if you told me which is more likely at the beginning of the season, this, what I'm looking at right now, or 135 on offense and 59 on defense, for sure, I would be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I would definitely have guessed we'd be like in the 50 to
1: 60-ish range, you know, somewhere in there defensively. And, yeah. But, no. Oh. Plus 100.
0: Yeah. One of the worst uh, defensive efficiency teams Missouri's ever had. Um, only six games left in the regular season, and the next four are all against top 50 teams. And I just got to make sure this is right. Kempom has us play in Mississippi State twice in one weekend. Yeah. That is actually uh, correct, right?
1: You might double-check it. I think the first time we play him is on, like, a Friday, which is weird. I think that's – we don't normally play games I think on we, Friday.
0: The Kempom has it Friday and then Sunday.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what the official like? schedule looks like to you?
1: That's what the the old Google says. The okay. First ones on yeah. the road, I think, and then they have to <clears throat> travel
0: to Columbia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the uh, the game got rescheduled from earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Kim Palm's schedule thing isn't always accurate, so I just wanted to double check. So yeah, back to back games against Mississippi State. Um, Mississippi State is fourteen and ten on the season, five and six in conference play, and actually they played last night, so now they're fourteen and eleven. Uh, Five and seven in SEC play. They've lost
1: a few in a row, I think, haven't they?
0: They sure have. Uh, They have lost five in a row, I think. Let me look. They have lost four in a row and six out of seven. Their only win in that stretch coming at home against South Carolina. Uh, I watched them play Alabama last night, and... um, I don't know Alabama is such a weird team like they play down to their competition so bad yeah that it's kind of hard to get a feel for Mississippi State watching them play Alabama this was a at Alabama and Mississippi State had a lead with like six minutes left Nate Oates got two technical fouls and got ejected and fired up the team and the crowd was going crazy I thought you're gonna say he got two technicals got ejected and fired and they fired him right after <laughs> <laughs> he, he on the spot he f- got fired up Got everybody fired up. Oh, okay. So uh, he,
1: he knows the right time to get a technical. Yeah.
0: He was begging for it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even say that much. I, I swear he, like, paid the refs to eject him. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been some fiery words. It wasn't that bad. They kept showing it. You mm-hmm. could read his lips? Yeah. So you yeah. knew what he was saying? He was just like, that wasn't a foul. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're out of here. <laughs> but it looked like it had been a cumulative thing throughout the whole game. I
1: disagree with that call. Get him out of here. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's kind of how it was. Uh, Mississippi State. They are 43rd in Kempom, 26th on offense, 83rd on defense. Um, Iverson Molinar is their star player. Uh, he's got a 120 offensive rating. Uh, 100 is average. 120 is very good. Much better than any player on Missouri. Um, he is not. He he. They've kind of played around with his role. In the offense he I think I would call him a point guard But he's their primary scoring threat So they like to get him off the ball as much as possible um, That's been a little bit of a struggle lately Because they're without Backup point guard Rocket Watts Who you may have heard of before um, Missouri tried to recruit him Out of high school But he went to Michigan State Now he's transferred to Mississippi State I don't think he'll play in either one of these games He was wearing a like an elbow brace On the bench Not dressed out against Alabama. Um, and I think that was a factor. At least the, uh, the announcers um, were acting like it was a factor because they would have liked to have him play point guard and Molinar play off the ball a little bit more. Um, so instead, the point guard duties uh, have been going to a player named Cam Carter, who is a freshman. Um, he's been allowing Molinar to play kind of the two position a little bit more. I don't know how you slow him down. I think Alabama was able to uh, basically keep him out of the paint and keep him off the free throw line. And that's those are two things that I don't think Missouri will be able to do. Uh, they kind of were able to deny him the ball, and they would basically double him every time he stepped a foot inside the three-point line. So probably Missouri should try to do that.
1: I so hope Konzo is watching film.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he's <laughs> watching, but whether the players will be able to execute that is another question uh they also have a really good forward in dj jeffries who transferred from memphis he's kind of a stretch four but he can really do it all He brings the ball up the up the court sometimes and is a pretty good distributor um shaquille moore is another guard that is a good three-point shooter um i'm kind of surprised that they're ranked 26th in offense just because they're a little bit streaky and they do rely so much on molinar and, uh, he's more of a, he's a, he's a free throw and a finisher at the rim. He's not a long two point shooter. He can hit a baseline jumper. He can hit a three, but he's shooting under 30%. Um, so if you can keep him out of the paint, I think you might have a good chance, He's but he, he's a good distributor. doesn't turn the ball over just a, a really solid point guard, but you can tell, you know, they are as good as he is. Mississippi Mississippi State is still lacking a little bit on offense because they can't let him just be a point guard. They have to get him touches off the ball and some uh, driving opportunities.
1: Yeah, this could be interesting with Mississippi State's offensive rating twenty six versus Missouri's defensive rating of one hundred sixty something uh, on the road. This seems like a pretty tough matchup, and it seems like historically we. Don't play well against Mississippi State, but we kind of uh, broke that curse with Ole Miss this year, I guess, which mm-hmm. is weird. But yeah, I I don't know. I think I think this is going to be a loss, probably on the road. But I think Missouri's get a shot to win whenever they come back home to Columbia.
0: Yeah, if they if they split these games, I would be happy. If Missouri right. can win the home, yeah, I game. That. I I would take that for sure. Uh, Mississippi State basically had to win last night against Alabama to keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive. I think they are firmly on the outside looking in yeah. after that loss. Um, they'd have to probably win like three games in the SEC tournament yeah. to make up for it. They've had some opportunities against good opponents, but just haven't been able to get very many wins. They had a huge win um, against Alabama earlier in the season, um, and they beat Arkansas earlier in the season, but they've pretty much lost every other good game opportunity would you be able to give us a quick update on
1: where missouri stands and the sec standings right now they're probably what like 11th out of 14 maybe uh, 10th or
0: 11th they are 12th right now mm. uh, texas a&m is uh a game better they beat florida oh yeah i saw that kind of an upset there vanderbilt is a game ahead um and mississippi state they all have those three teams all have five wins to Missouri's four.
1: So we're only ahead of Olmus and uh Georgia. Correct. So we need Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and AM, those teams to lose to be able to squeak out of the playing round.
0: Yeah, I'm not optimistic. Probably not gonna happen, yeah. Um we could if we split with Mississippi State, we're still a game back from them. Um yeah, and we and we play Tennessee still and LSU. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't think it's gonna happen.
0: The last two games of the season though are South Carolina and Georgia.
1: Yeah, uh, Georgia's on the road though, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. But seems like a lot of road games still left.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I could see South Carolina actually falling, and maybe only winning. I could see South Carolina not winning another game. Honestly but we do have to go on the road to play them so oh really yeah i don't know it's not looking good for missouri to get out of that bottom four and out of the first day of the sec tournament um okay so even though we do play two games against mississippi state we do play tennessee uh on tuesday before we will be recording again so it's like three games in five days for the missouri tigers but uh That game is at home, but Tennessee is extremely hot. They have won eight SEC games in a row, including a huge home win over Kentucky most recently. Uh, They do play Arkansas on the road before the matchup against Missouri. Uh, Tennessee is kind of, you know, they had some publicity earlier in the season, and they have kind of sneakily just crept up on Kentucky and Auburn. To the point where i think those three teams have set themselves apart as they are clearly the best teams in the sec um they are going to be favored over anybody else maybe even on the road most of the time and with tennessee beating kentucky the other night i think there's no reason to believe any three of those teams can win the uh can still win the regular season and then obviously can win the sec tournament so yeah uh, when there's that many teams at the very top of a conference, that is going to make for some exciting games down the stretch, and especially in the SEC tournament. Yeah, I think Tennessee is maybe flirting with that like four seedish range uh, in the NCAA tournament. So if they really turn it on and finish the rest of the season. Uh, like they've been playing recently they could work that up all the way to like a two seed i think
1: yeah i feel like uh <clears throat> kentucky and auburn both have a chance to be a one seed honestly if things play out well for for them probably not both of them but one of those teams will probably be one seed oh. tennessee like you said i mean they could be as high as a two three most likely uh three or four mm-hmm. i think even arkansas could be a three or four depending on how their season goes there's there's four very good teams in the sec and I don't know. those. The top three, probably Kentucky, Auburn, and Tennessee, are probably a, a half-step above Arkansas, but Arkansas is right there with them, I think, for the um, most part.
0: I agree. I think the SEC as a whole only gets six teams in, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, and Alabama. Yeah. I don't think Florida gets in. Mississippi State doesn't get in. South Carolina definitely doesn't get in.
1: Yeah, I think there's a pretty hard uh, tier break there. Yeah.
0: Florida is probably the only team outside of the top six that has a chance. Yeah. They could sneak into that seventh spot, but
1: Missouri might run the table in the SEC tournament, though, and make it as a
0: 13 seed. <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, that'd be that would be the like most memorable like basketball moment ever yeah. <laughs> for Missouri, basketball. and that would add a guaranteed year to Conzo's contract. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs>
1: Um, spoiler alert (laughs)
0: um you asked me uh maybe last week maybe the week before we were talking about like big men in college versus point guards in college and uh you asked like who maybe was the best point guard or who would you rather have the best point guard in college basketball or the best big man and i went with big man but um what's interesting is the best guards in college basketball the best point guards ball handlers A lot of times they don't they don't really stick around very long and like a player like Javon Quinterly for Alabama is kind of the exception where he didn't he wasn't dynamite right off the bat Um, obviously he transferred and now he's really come into his own and is one of the better point guards in the country Um, a guy like Tennessee's Kennedy Chandler is a freshman and one of the best point guards in the country if not the best honestly um, he is just the perfect college point guard I mean he does everything well he shoots it okay he's a dynamite playmaker doesn't turn the ball over gets to the free throw line gets to the rim and he's got a I mean I, I'm calling it his supporting cast but you know he's got players around him that he elevates their game they elevate his game they make it easier for him I don't know he's just especially as mizzou fans who we've we've all kind of been thinking all season long you know we need a point guard we need a point guard i think this tennessee game is going to showcase why Mm -hmm. in college basketball you still need a ball dominant guard to distribute facilitate
1: yeah we can think uh we can thank kim kim english for recruiting kennedy chandler to tennessee and then uh then leaving but Do you think uh, Chandler's a a one-and-done kind of guy?
0: I don't know. I don't think so just because he is a little bit in that kind of like Phil Pressey mold a little bit where he's a little bit undersized for NBA play Mm -hmm. at the point guard position. I could see him going pro and maybe being a very late first round pick or second round pick. And then just kind of um, you remember uh, played for Villanova uh, Jalen Brunson, Mm -hmm. just like, I think he played four years at Villanova, just incredible college point guard. Like one of the same classes
1: Tatum, I think Jason Tatum.
0: Yeah. One of the best uh, college point guards we've had in a while. Mm -hmm. And he did that. He went to the NBA, but is kind of going to be a backup not uh, someone that's relied upon a ton to score the ball at the next level. I could see Kennedy Chandler doing that. There's, he's not going to hurt his draft stock by playing another season at Tennessee. He could only help it, I think. So for that reason, I think he'll come back. But I think he, if he did declare, he would get drafted, but just not uh, in the lottery or anything like that. The uh, NBA, they only want if, if they're gonna if you're gonna spend a lottery pick on like a guard they're going to be like six four to six eight guard who is just you know one of these almost developmental players you're going to get them as young as possible Mm -hmm. and a guy that can defend multiple positions and still have point guard skills and that doesn't really that's not kennedy chandler he's very much a traditional small ball handler who distributes Uh, But Tennessee still has some familiar names. Santiago Vescovi, Josiah Jordan James, John Fulkerson, um, guys that have played well against Missouri before, guys that have broken their arms, and then come back two minutes later. I was
1: just about to say, when I hear of John Fulkerson, I immediately think of him being in like excruciating pain, like almost crying like on the ground. And like me really, I actually felt really bad for him. I thought he was in, I thought he literally dislocated his entire arm <laughs> or something. Like I thought he had like a in, very gruesome injury or something, the way he was reacting and uh, in the Missouri game. of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, I mean, within minutes he was back like perfectly a fine. Like yeah. made up just drained a three, pick and pop three in somebody's eye <laughs> like yeah. right after the timeout. Yeah. Uh, like, all right, buddy.
0: Um, I remember like two years ago, I was eyeing Kennedy Chandler as a guy that Missouri would be in on, uh, recruiting. And I thought he could be, you know, a, a, uh, building block for a, an incredible, uh, like 2021 recruiting class for Missouri or 2020 recruiting class. And, uh, obviously that didn't happen. I mean,
1: wasn't he like a five-star recruit? Uh,
0: not quite yet okay. at that time.
1: Oh, wow, you just were early on him, huh?
0: I guess so. Yeah. Uh, He was like relatively regional. I think he's maybe from, I think he's from the state of Tennessee, but uh, maybe, I don't know. He's relatively regional and uh, I knew he had a scholarship offer from Missouri and he, you know, I was looking at the class as a whole and the offers that were out there and I thought he could be, you know, the marquee get of a really good recruiting class. He was for someone else. Yes. And everybody else that I was. Like had on this like these are the five guys I thought oh this recruiting class would you know completely flip the script and change the, the trajectory of Mizzou basketball yeah uh, we didn't get any of them
1: that's kind of an, and again we will go into great depth on Kanza Martin um, in a, here in a couple of weeks but that is another kind of unfortunate side effect of Konzo Martin as a coach is I feel like a few years ago I was so involved in like following basketball recruiting for Mizzou I was watching highlight tapes for guys all the time now i don't even know who in the world we're recruiting aiden shaw is like it seems like the best actual recruit we've had in a really long time that's actually committed to missouri but yeah uh yeah i feel like i don't even really pay all that much attention to who missouri is recruiting these days because it's just so silent and we probably aren't going to get them anyway
0: yeah yeah it's uh you don't want to get too invested in these high school kids even if they're from the state of missouri Mm -hmm. and uh the commits that we do get are people you never heard of sometimes I mean, I imagine you hadn't heard of Axel Congo before. I, I had heard of him. He was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't. You can't even lie. I not pretend. Yeah, it um, was literally the first
1: time we had ever heard of him was when they announced it. Yeah.
0: Honestly, how true is that about um, Anton Brookshire? Listeners, we need to know. We're from Springfield. We've watched him play. We knew who he was, but I imagine there's Mizzou fans out there who had no idea who he was until he he was announced that he was coming to missouri i mean yeah. and because he was really like quick like yeah. scholarship offer committed like a week apart
1: yeah which tells you he probably didn't have very many other opportunities at the time at least yeah
0: i still like him i still am glad he's on the roster but um i think maybe i was a little uh i had rose colored glasses just from him being from springfield so uh if you're listening to this and uh let us know did you know about him before he committed to missouri or was it are you? Is it easier for you, dear listener, to lump him in with some of those other guys that you'd never heard of until they uh, committed to Missouri? I never really thought about that until right now. Um, so next time we are together, there will only be three games left in the regular season. And... I'm feeling like I'm like getting a little nervous just saying this, but I'm feeling like it'll be time to really start talking about the coaching situation. I agree. Probably
1: here another probably two weeks from now is when we'll probably really start having serious conversations about
0: what's going to happen. Oof. You pretty much have to do it before the season ends, because if they're moving, it'll move fast, I think. Yeah. If it's going to happen. We don't want to be behind the times. on No, we certainly don't. (laughs) We certainly don't. We might have to start next week. We'll see. We'll see. If they lose two games of Mississippi State and then get blown out by Tennessee, you better believe it'll I'm going to be ready to talk about the coach. Yeah. Um, th- that all you got for this week? Yeah, I think so. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Trees, Brian Smith, Brian Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, and Tyler Harsole. Thank you.
1: Thank you gentlemen we love you very much and you can find this podcast on Spotify Apple podcast Google podcast uh, we are on Twitter at Misso sports pod and you can email us at Missouri sports pod, pod at gmail.com you can find our I, like it literally like my brain just like <laughs> <laughs> you can find can our reboot st- it like halfway through the word
0: our stickers, stickers are on our online shop Missouri sports pod. big cartel. <laughs> Holy cow. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Holy crowd. Is that what you just <laughs> said? Holy